Will the Dallas Cowboys have interest in free agent linebacker Bobby Wagner? And should they? All that and more in this episode of the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Uh, he is Landon McCool. Check him out at McCoolBCB. Landon, let's start with this. The Seahawks have released linebacker Bobby Wagner. Are you interested? I mean, uh, what's the price? You know, I think that's the question. Um, let's see what his price is. I'll pull it up on over the cap and we'll figure it out. But, go you ahead. know, I, I think that. You know, there is some there's some history there between Quinn and Wagner. Obviously, um, there's some uh, interest because there's there's a need at linebacker, kind of a true off ball linebacker to kind of counter with with Parsons. Um, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense, kind of in a uh, football fit. You know, uh, uh, where a guy is in his career, sort of way, right? Like in the sense mm-hmm. that he could come in and be a great mentor to a young player. Uh, he's playing a defense that he's comfortable and, and knowledgeable about. I think those are all good reasons why he's a potentially good fit. I think the money's is, is an issue. I mean, how much, like, I think that's what's complicated, right? Is when a team releases a guy like Wagner, they probably still owe him some money. So he is going to make some money from the Seahawks. The question is like, how much, you know, is he willing to take to play this next year? Uh, and, and are the Cowboys willing to pay it? And that's obviously the question with a lot of these free agents, there may be some more wiggle room because of the personal ties between Wagner and Quinn and because of the fact that he's being paid by the other team. But I, I can't imagine that it's going to be enough that this actually gets done. So just kind of briefly looking, it looks like the numbers that I've seen are about $10 million a year. And that's my I, – I, you're kind of making a face and that's the same thing. Sorry, this is, a, this is an audio format. Yeah, I, I mean, I know. Sh- I'm shaking but, my listen, head. It's like <laughs> – if it comes down to Randy Gregory or Bobby Wagner, listen, Bobby Wagner has had a Hall of Fame career. I'll take Randy Gregory at this stage in his career, though, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, that's that's kind of the equation you're going to have to make here. Wagner's going to be 32. I know this seems tough to say, but I thought Wagner slipped a little bit last year. I don't think he was quite as good as he was in previous seasons, and – not sure I'm all that interested in paying a 32-year-old linebacker $10 million a year. Just, just not. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a great name, Bobby Wagner, but you're still a 32-year-old And I think linebacker. he's a good player. It's just that's yeah. – with the Cowboys being as tight up against the cap as they are, they've got to find ways, little edges they have to win at. I kind of think not paying a linebacker is one of them, right? Are you going to get play that's as good as Bobby Wagner? Probably not. But if you want to draft somebody in the second or third round that can come in and play right away, I think you can do that. Yeah. I mean, the question is, is, you know, if you pay some other veteran, like, I don't know, five or $6 million, is right? The difference worth it, right? Is, yeah. Is the difference, are you getting $5 million worth of, of better play from, from Wagner than the, you know, linebacker X 
of the free agent market. I, I don't I don't know. It depends on the player, but it's hard to believe that you are at this stage in his career. Um, so you know, here's I, what I would I, also I think, say about that really quickly. Yeah, yeah. If you've looked at the linebacker market lately, even in the last day, there's a ton of linebackers out there, and I think. You meant you more said getting five, cut too all the time. Uh, it seems more like we're getting cut all the time. I, I think you're going to see some good linebackers go for cheap. Let's just go through a couple names. Obviously, Bobby Wagner, he's going to be the crown jewel of the class. Anthony Barr, uh, I'm not really interested in Anthony Hitchens, even though he wants to come back. But there's Dante Hightower. Jordan Hicks is a heck of a linebacker who the Cardinals just cut. Uh, there's Damian Wilson. If you want somebody in a very specific role, uh, Kenny Young. Uh, I mean, Quan Alexander, Devondre Campbell. I mean, obviously, a lot of those guys vary in their play, but if you just need a starting caliber linebacker, they're out there. And I didn't even include Keanu Neal and Leighton Van Der Esch. Yeah. Honestly, Leighton Van Der Esch at a a reduced price, at a a nice one-year deal, that doesn't sound unappealing to me necessarily. I think, especially, he played better football last year uh, than I think we anticipated. Yeah, yeah. Nah, not not first round, you know, f- wanting the fifth year option on it, but I'm I'm not opposed to signing a pr- another prove it deal with him because he knows the system. I mean, gosh, like Deont- what's Devondre Campbell going to get this year? I mean, he played at almost an all pro level last year, so uh, the market's going to be all I think over he the was place. All pro last year, yeah. I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure he was. So uh, the market's all over the place. The there is a ton of of uh, you know stock on the shelves as as it were. Uh, so I guess, you know, I mean, I think Wagner could be an option, but I wouldn't rush out and sign a $10 million with him. If anything, I would say, let's let, let's let that linebacker market sit for a while and let's see how it sorts itself out a little bit. And if, you know, there's not a lot of uh, takers, then maybe the whole market comes down a little bit because there's just a lot of people cutting linebackers on the street right now. Uh, and maybe th- maybe there's t- not a lot of buyers, so maybe the entire linebacker market sinks a little bit, and then maybe you can get a really good value on a on a veteran player. Uh, I, that's not even all the linebackers that are out there. There's still yeah, I mean, you, Brown. You did, I'll go through yeah. a couple more. Jaron yeah. Brown, Rashawn Evans, who the Cowboys liked in the 2018 draft. Yeah. Uh, he's a free agent. Kazir White, a cover linebacker for the Chargers. Yeah, uh, Jalen Smith is out there. Jamie Collins, AJ Klein. Uh, I, I heard you say Jalen Smith. I, 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 I want you to acknowledge. I want to acknowledge that I heard you say Jalen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's Christian Kirksey, Alec Ogletree. We don't want any part of Alec Ogletree. Nope. Anthony Walker nope. for the Browns, who was really good last year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. KJ Wright. I, I thought KJ Wright last year for the Raiders was incredible. Uh, yeah. So there was just a lot of good players out there. At KJ Wright. I mean, honestly, now that I know he's available, that makes a lot more sense because you're oh, not yeah. going to have to pay him nearly the same amount of money that you're going to have Wagner, but you still get that idea of someone who knows Quinn's defense, someone who uh, can be a very good mentor to, to Parsons and, and, and give you solid snaps at a position that you don't need him to well, necessarily be on the field during passing downs. You know, And, and there was interest last year with KJ right with the yeah. Cowboys, but they just had yeah. too many linebackers, right? Yeah. So he goes to the Raiders, joins Gus Bradley there. Bradley's gone. He's out with the Colts. So there's a yep. chance that he could go there, but he signed a one-year $3 million deal last year with only like 240000 guaranteed. Which is kind of it, close it, to what I mean. That's less than what Neil signed for, I think. Oh or yeah, Neil was one year five million. One year five million, yeah. So give 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 him that deal, you know. And, and you know the great thing about the KJ right thing too. I, I can almost promise you this is going to be the case. You don't have to sign him now. Like I, yeah, he'll be out yeah. there after the draft. So if you want to see how the board falls first before giving him a deal, 
you can do that. I just don't think the Cowboys should be in a rush to pay top dollar for a linebacker. There's going to be guys available. Yeah, and, and this is kind of a general note I would give to Cowboys fans because I think I see a lot of Cowboys fans fall into this trap a ton. You don't have to have all the answers right now. And in no. fact, it's probably better not to have all the answers right now because if you try to solve all this right now, you may be closing things off for a better opportunity down the yep. road. Yep. So, you know, find the, the answers that make sense that fit your team. But like, you, I mean, the reason you don't just jump at every single free agent that shows up is because guys, they keep coming later too. And there may exactly. be a better situation down the road. So you know what uh, happens I, every year? Somebody's going to take Devin Lloyd or Nakobe Dean in the first round and be like, you know what? We've got our linebacker. Let's cut the guy that we have already on our team that's a little bit older. And that guy becomes available in May. And that might be an upgrade of what the Cowboys currently have on the roster. I, of all the positions, that's one that stretches deep and it's going to be out there for a long time. There's going to be, we're going to do a show after the draft in early May. And it's going to be like, oh, this linebacker still available? How is this linebacker still available? You'll find some guys. Guys, we have, I mean, uh, four months, four months before training camp starts. Yep. We don't have to have anything solved nope. right now. So anytime I see anybody on Twitter talking about, like, right now, who's your wide receiver core? Or right now, like, that's arbitrary and unnecessary conversation. Yep. The point is not, we're not playing games tomorrow. So there's yep. no need to like phrase things like this. There's patience is a virtue here and waiting till the other side of the draft is a great way to get quality veteran talent at a cheap price because they're suddenly being priced out of the teams that they were on. Especially at non super, like not super important positions, right? And I don't want to say linebackers, like the running backs of the, defense, the non money okay. five spots. Yeah. Right? Like, like I don't think, I don't think you want to employ that strategy at quarterback or left. No, tackle, no, right. No. But yeah, yeah. at linebacker, if you just need a guy and you already have Micah Parsons, you have Jabril Cox and you just need another guy to come in and give you some snaps. You can do that. I'll give you one even, more example. Even left guard, you know? Um, yeah. Would it shock you if Keanu Neal is still a free agent by Bay? No, no. Oh, wouldn't surprise me. Would, would it shock you if he's back next year on a one year, $2 million deal? No. It, they might be able to do something like that, right? Yeah, I, I, and uh, you know, I, I think that's that's a, a smart way to save money. You know, here and there, it's like you get you pay a, a quarter of what you would pay Bobby Wagner, but you probably get about fifty percent of his play. Which, I mean, that's a better option than spending yeah. all that extra money for only that much better play. You know? Yep, I agree. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break so we can tell you guys about Bet Online. It is that time of year again as the college basketball tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. Bet Online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, all right, a couple of newsy things for the Cowboys before we get into your questions. Uh, they did not tender. Uh, Francis Bernard or Luke Gifford coming talking about linebackers again, may, making those guys both free agents. Uh, is that surprising to you at all, considering how much this front office has liked Luke Gifford in the past? I mean, 
kind of, but they also, you know, they, those are the kind of guys that they give two or three seasons to. And if nothing pops, then they kind of, you know, they move on, especially the linebacker position where there's just so many of these guys. Right. I mean, they come out, out every year. There's there's 50 Luke Giffords that come out of the draft well, almost every draft. Season. And now and now you have to pay that guy because I think Gifford's going into year four. Not a ton, but it's a fairly significant boost from like, uh, was it like 600,000 to four to 1.2 million? I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot when you have a $220 million salary cap or whatever it is, but. But the reason he's on the team is because he's cheap. Like, like, exactly. let's be honest. That's the, like, point, the, the, right? that's the point is the point of the reason he's on the team is because, man, we're getting great quality and only paying this guy $600,000. The angles change when you double that number. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, again, it goes back to are you getting value for the money that you're paying? And I think that you can get an undrafted free agent. I mean, these guys were undrafted free yep. agents. So you can get those kind of guys again coming out of college and get similar kind of production from them, which, I mean, honestly, it, it, for Gifford, his production was zilch until this year, really. I mean, he got yep. into the field yep. a little bit and made some plays. Bernard ba- barely did anything other than special teams. So, you know, really, got ultimately, hurt twice playing on special teams. Yep. Yeah, really, what you're looking for there is are, these are guys who are playing on your practice squad, helping you facilitate practice. If they got to get on the field, they got to get on the field. But I mean, there's a reason that they're kind of replaceables because they're not directly involved at that level of 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 you know impacting the team that you can't you just can't get rid of them for you know when they their money exactly. doubles. Couple things, Francis Bernard slow. Dan Quinn's just not going to have slow linebackers on this team. Yeah. Just, just not. Uh, Luke Gifford, not super athletic, right? A 4 7 40. Yeah. Also going to be 27 years old this year. If you haven't popped at 27, it's time to move on. I, I, I frankly was surprised that both of them didn't get cut last offseason, you yeah. know, because of those reasons. The, neither one of these guys were drafted while Quinn was here and exactly. obviously, don't necessarily, point, right? uh, obviously don't necessarily fit what he's doing. So uh, they, I think they kind of got by because they had these guys under good contracts and they, you know, they're good players. I mean, for what, for what you're, what you're doing, I think. They'll catch on. They'll be on somebody's yeah. team this year. Yeah, totally. But I, but I think that, you know, when it became time to, do you want to pay these guys more money to keep them around? They, I think they felt like, nope, we'll just replace them. It's fine. And one of the guys that they're going to replace uh, them with is Tyler Coyle, who we talked about a lot of the yep. show, right? He's, Six foot two, 220 pounds, can play special teams and he run, can run. And his cap hit this year is 700,000. It's just it's what they're going to go. Do, right. Yeah. It's just kind of the nature of the beast. All right. Moving on to some more questions. So people want to know about a potential Dalton Schultz trade. So let's break this down. Is this about the Jane? The kind Jane of. Thing? The, the question okay. that I have is, is much more reasonable. Uh, I, I lost where it was at, but I, I oh here it is. It's from Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on a trade uh, for Dalton Schultz to Jacksonville for their second round pick, which is currently I'm looking at it right now. I believe it's pick 33. 33. Yeah. Jane Slater put out a tweet that the Cowboys franchise tagged Dalton Schultz, and they could potentially move him if they got the right offer. Jacksonville has a bunch of cap space, and they need a tight end. So if that was something that was available to you, if Jacksonville said, hey, we'll sign into a long-term deal and we'll give you pick 33, would you do that? Yeah, maybe. 
I think so. I mean, that's that's a good offer, honestly. I mean, you're and I getting think it, it makes sense for Jacksonville yeah. too, right? Yeah, I, it the does. Tight end that that Trevor Lawrence would probably love. Yeah, and I think for what uh, Peterson wants to do, he needs good tight ends, mm -hmm. and uh, I think I think Schultz would be a good fit for what they do. Uh, obviously I am uh, apparently number one Dalton Schultz fan on this, in this uh, fandom. So uh, I would, I would bless this, this uh, with this trade. I mean, that's, that's getting a, a, a basically a first round pick. I mean, the, the best second round pick you could possibly get. That, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a nice piece to have in your pocket on draft day. Now, if you do that trade, I would, I would do that as well because I mean, you would be saving eleven million dollars, right? You'd be also getting a pick. If we're what doing we... it, what what are we doing? Like, I guess that that's my point, and maybe that's the conversation that we just never have been able to finish. Is what what are we doing here? <laughs> like, what what's what is what is the are are we kind of doing a soft rebuild? So, are we well, trying to so reload for next season? Like, if you do that, if you do that, you probably bring back Amari, right? Uh, I I I mean. <laughs> At this point, I guess, I, I, yeah, I, I would if, if if I was planning on doing that. And then you get, you know, uh, another draft pick. You, you find a way to kind of cobble together that with a, a tight end or a somewhere. I mean, I don't know what you're doing at tight end next year, though. That you that's the thing. Saying? You have to have like yeah. three guys lined up in free agency that you feel really comfortable about being your tight end one next year. And and I guess if that's even that doesn't make sense to me. Like, I guess, you know what I'm saying? Like I, 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 to me, it would make more sense if you're getting rid of both Cooper and Schultz. And we're just calling this, what this is like a soft rebuild, a soft reboot. That would make more sense than them just trading away Schultz and keeping Cooper. Because ultimately at the end of the day, you still need a tight end. You still need that production and you're not going to get it necessarily from anyone in the draft. Uh, so you better have a lot of a high level of confidence in someone that you're going to get off the street, which, I mean, if, if there was somebody on the street that you felt like you could get a high level of confidence in, then why is Jacksonville offering you their top of the second round pick for well, Dalton Schultz? You know, it, it might be somebody that you could rent for a year. Like it's just a stopgap option or Jacksonville, obviously if they did a trade like this, they think Dalton Schultz is the long-term option and that they're going to pair him with, with Trevor Lawrence for, the next four or five years. So, but then, some, I, but then again, I ask, what are we doing? You know, I mean, renting a tight end for one year, like what? Why? Like you know, so that you can possibly develop a tight end in two years to be ready for Dak's final year and his contract. Dak, I mean, how many years does Dak have left in his contract? Three, two, right? Three, three. Right. So maybe you could figure out a way to, you know, develop. <sighs> well, so here's the other thing. Here's it. The, if there's a tight end in this class that they absolutely love. They could probably pick him at 33 because they're, they're not, there's not going to be a tight end that goes in the first round. Or you trade back a little bit. You pick that tight end there. You save the money and you keep Cooper and you get somebody that you really like. But who would that I don't guy know be how that you? helps you in the short term, though. Just, just so I'm, 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 I'm honestly asking, who would that guy be for you at 33? If, the, if we're talking about a tight end. I mean, I, I don't think there's a tight end worth that spot. But they might. It probably is Trey McBride, probably. I, I, I wouldn't take him there. Yeah, I I mean uh, the trade makes sense as far as the Jacksonville like for for Dalton Schultz trade makes sense and and I honestly wouldn't be pissed if the Cowboys do it. I I think my next fun but, but my question after that would be again 
what are, what are we doing? Like, what's, what, what's I mean, I would rather just, if, if that's the case, just don't play a tight end. I, I mean, I know it's a lot, it's easier to say that than it actually is in the football field, but like, I'm, if, if the answer is to play a Kyle Rudolph, I'd rather just play somebody else. What's, what's the defining feature of the, of the Kellen Moore offense to you? I, 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 I not to kind of get like philosophical on question day. And, and this is obviously how we don't get to a lot of questions, but like, you know, I just feel like this offense is, is the, I, the whole idea is that it's multiple. It's, you know, it's supposed well, to be a lot you know, of different the, alignments. You know, the funny thing is when you first, when you first asked me, the first thing is I don't know anymore. It, mm. it really feels like, this is both a good and bad thing that Kellen Moore watches a bunch of games on Sundays and picks out the three plays he likes from every game and puts it together in his playbook. And that's our playbook. What's the staple of this offense that when they can absolutely rely on no matter what, I really don't know. Marcus, this goes back to the conversation you and I were having before the pod even started of, you know, We've swung wildly from the Jason Garrett, you know, uh, uh, Linehan offense where you feature one or two players and force them the ball to the other end where you are trying to spread the ball around to every single person, the, the, the person who's open with the mismatch. I think that if you're going to continue to kind of do that, you know, and, and continue to use multiple formations and, and, and try to formation folks till they're uncomfortable on defense, you got to have a you got to have a tight end room. You, you gotta, you gotta, it can't just be one, and it can't just be one tight end. You're gonna be playing multiple tight ends at some point, uh, and and I think if they trade away uh, uh, Dalton Schultz, which again I'm not necessarily against, but they better be planning on doing exactly what you say, where they're kind of settling into an 11 personnel offense. They still gotta get a, a tight end because you need a tight end and 11 personnel. Six offensive uh, linemen offense, full time. Uh, Full time, maybe, maybe that's I what mean, they do. Or, or you just settle into a four wide offense, right? Or two, you know, yeah. uh, the pony don't have wide receivers to do that right now. Or, or <laughs> the, you, you're just trying to figure out ways to get Pollard and Zeke on the field to say, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I do think if, if the only thing that I feel confident about about what the offense is going to look like next year is that we're going to see Pollard doing more stuff uh, in a variety of different ways for them to try to get the ball. That's the only thing I can kind of I will put money down on that they'll at least attempt to do outside of that. I really am kind of flummoxed by the idea of what, which direction they're trying to go. If, if they went through with all this, if they just basically got rid of everybody or just got rid of a piece of here too, it's just, I would like a little more direction here. All right. Next question. Uh, This one comes from at Lake at 55. Why can't the Cowboys restructure Amari Cooper's deal? Move the bigger cap hit to next year when it's easier to move off of Ezekiel Elliott's contract. They can do that. They could restructure uh, Amari Cooper right now, save $12.5 million. Uh, his cap hit next year would be quite a bit higher. It would be $28 million. I don't know if they want to do that. Well, the problem is, is that you do that, and then you cut Zeke, too. What's your cap hit? Like your dead money hit for next year, season would be so pretty if high. You cut, if you cut Amari after this next year, um, yeah, you, it'd be quite a bit. Cut Amari and cut Zeke, yes, quite a bit. I think that's why is that it would be you're trying to spread out spread this out a little bit so it's See, not. That's like, why I think it'd be better off if if the plan is to keep Amari just to keep him on his regular deal because let's say things go sour next year, you could cut him and save eighteen million dollars with only four million in dead cap hit. Next season, yes. 
Well, I, okay. I'm so sorry. you're saying? Hold on. Let me let me let me look at it again. Uh, yeah, you, you could cut him next year without restructuring, but save eighteen million. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I I can't. I, I don't know. I I I think we need to see the whole thing in front of us. There must be. They, they must view it as something. And look, I. I I do wonder if part of it is that they've soured on on Amari. Like, you know, I, I mean, it, it feels like that is a portion of this. It's not necessarily just about money to them. You know, I, I think it's the money plus. I think that that's the biggest else. part, right? The, the money is the biggest part because he's the only contract that oh, they can get out pretty cleanly, right? Certainly. Certainly the money is the biggest part. There's no doubt right, about that. Right. But, but I think there is something else to this as well. I will say the one part. I mean, you know, everybody knows my feelings on Amara. I think it's going to be a, a disastrous move if they cut him. I, I do not want that to happen at all. The one thing that I don't know, and I don't know if the Cowboys, how they feel either, is what does the injury prognosis look like long-term? Yeah. Have they seen something in his ankle or his foot that makes them worried that, you know, he's going to decline pretty quickly? Or he might not be able to stay healthy. You know, he might not actually be able to go out there and play games. That's the only thing I don't know. And maybe that's factoring in this as well. I'll add in one more thing. I I don't think it's outrageous to suggest that Cooper is a guy, one of these guys, who does not play through injury well. Like, I mean, I think that that's something that we've seen. He'll play. And I'll give him credit. He'll play. Yes, Yes. absolutely. But he doesn't play well, and usually he doesn't practice. And when he doesn't practice, he doesn't play well. That's the biggest thing. I I think the practice. Yep. Yeah, and I think that that's the issue, right, is that there are times – and I'm – again, I don't know anything. I'm speculating. Please, please take this all with a grain of salt. But it feels, just based on what we've seen and what way things have reacted, I wouldn't be surprised if – a Amari uh, has told them at times that they didn't want to. He didn't want to practice during the week while he was injured. And B, because of not practicing during the week, he didn't play well on Sunday. And that there's a, uh, 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 you know, a, a conflict between the team and Amari about, hey, we need you to practice so you can play well on Sunday. And Amari doesn't want to do that because he wants to protect his body. So, which is, I mean, that's his prerogative. But it just feels like there are times. Again, I go back to that time during the year when. For the first time I've heard in a long time, they asked somebody asked about Amari Cooper and whether he can practice or not, and they said Amari knows his body. Will, he'll he'll tell us whether or not he's practicing. That was the first time I had heard that from about any player in a while. That was midseason, and and frankly, I, I just wonder if there isn't something there with the idea of a they they're afraid that this ankle thing is going to be lingering. B we they know that he doesn't like to practice during the week when he's uh feeling that twinge and yep. C because of not practicing during the week he doesn't usually play as well when he doesn't practice. So I could see that being kind of a a long term like what do we do with this kind of situation. We'll see. I think it's very interesting that they have not cut him yet, right? Because I thought was it last week at this time Schefter came out with the report that the Cowboys were likely to release him. We haven't gotten there yet, so we'll see. The other the other thing is that this could be chum. So I'll just throw that. I mean, this all of this could be chum for whatever. So that's why we'll we see. can't always get upset when we see these reports because sometimes they're being put out there to actually manipulate opinion or manipulate you know potential deals like trades and that sort of thing. Let's get through a, a couple other questions really quickly. This one from Alex: If Jaron Curse will be back, what contract or what type of contract might that look like? My my initial thought was like. Three years, eighteen million. We're a low cap hit this year. Some guaranteed money because he doesn't have, hasn't gotten paid yet. 
Uh, would you be good for that? Yeah, I think that's yeah. fair. And I think he deserves something like that. Yeah, and I, I think I think they could do something like that. Um, this one from Brady. What is the biggest mistake you hope the Cowboys will avoid this offseason? I think that's – again, it's tough because I'm trying to figure out exactly what they're trying to do for next season, right? Um, you know, I, I think that it, trying to – I think trying to bring every single player back uh, exactly the same and, and trying to, you know – run it all back and be better, that would be a mistake. I think getting rid of Amari Cooper without having a plan beyond that is also a mistake. So hmm. uh, I, that's the problem is, you know, the Amari Cooper, Cooper situation can burn you on either side as far as I'm concerned if you're not careful. Yeah, for me, it's not thinking that you just had a bad game against the 49ers and just bringing everybody back, like you mentioned, and thinking that it'll be good enough for next year. you got to improve, right? You, there's – they lost a, a lot of games last year against some good teams. You got to figure out ways to beat those good teams. So they weren't—I mean, outside of one game at the end of the year, they didn't play foot, good football at the end. Of no, the year, that's. You know? I think they need to make some significant upgrades in a couple spots. I'd like them to be aggressive in targeting, not every free agent, but one or two guys that you think could really help this team. I think that would be the way to go. I just don't think the status quo was going to be good enough for them. That's all. Um, all right, last question. Uh, what were your initial reactions when you heard that the Washington commanders traded for Carson Wentz? <laughs> that was my reaction right there, right there. <laughs> oh my God. I laughed so hard. I was just like, Oh, this is, I, I triple checked to make sure that it wasn't some kind of, you know, bar stool uh, account or someone that Maybe was joking yep. me. Uh, it's just beautiful. Uh, you know, honestly, my favorite tweet was somebody, you know, after I tweeted about laughing, it was like, I don't know, man, this Carson Wentz, you know, I, 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 I can't share that same sentiment with you. Like guys, Carson Wentz locked himself in a gas station bathroom one time and couldn't get out. Like, I mean, this, that like is the defining feature of who this dude is. Like he was hated by his teammates in Philly. He was hated by his teammates in Indy. He's not a good leader. He nope. sees ghosts. He stands in the pocket too long. He throws interceptions. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have Carson Wentz back into the Washington football because, because it's the most Washington thing ever to trade away picks to bring in a quarterback. Who's going to completely disrupt their, their locker room culture. And the only well, the thing you have release. going for you is Ron Rivera and, and, and the way he can build locker room cultures. It's, 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 it's perfect. Uh, and I saw a tweet from our buddy Mike Fisher yesterday wondering, you know, hey, are, would you be nervous about Wentz on a good roster? Like, you know, this is an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. And it's like, no, he was on a good roster last year. And he his poor play over the last two weeks of the season, all they had to do was beat either the Raiders or the Jags to get in the playoffs. And he had a complete meltdown. I, I'm telling you, as somebody who watched every second of that Raider game, Every time they dropped back to throw the ball and they didn't hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor, it felt like a massive win for the Raiders. Watch the Jacksonville game. All they had to do was win one game on the road in Jacksonville to make the playoffs, like the and they couldn't the do it. They couldn't do it. The Philadelphia Eagles went from being a good team with Carson Wentz to a Super Bowl-winning team once he got hurt. Yeah. Like, I don't know what other evidence you need. I've been screaming about this since he came into the league. Like I was a Carson Wentz guy when he got drafted. And then when, once he got into the league and, and you started to see where he was having su success, like he had one incredible season of unsustainable third down, third down success. Yep. Never been able to do it since because it's not sustainable. So 
I don't know what other evidence you guys need to be excited about Washington I, picking him up. <laughs> I saw uh, Josh Norris put out a, a video yesterday, basically summing up Carson's oh, yeah. career to play. Did you see this? I did. The, it's the amazing. first play, he has an incredible throw down the seam right to, to T.Y. Hilton right over top of a linebacker. The very next play, he throws an interception to that same linebacker in triple coverage. And it's like – and it's the same thing. It was the same thing. He hung in the pocket too long. Even on the first play, he hung around in the pocket way too long. And, and he completed. You're like, oh, my gosh. Well, well, thank goodness he hung around in the pocket. And then the next play, hung around in the pocket too long. Waited, waited, waited. Has Did a pump fake. That's the other one, man. As soon as he says – basically, if I was Carson Wentz's quarterback coach, every time he pump fakes and he doesn't throw the ball, just fall down. Or throw the ball into the ground. Do not yeah. reload and rethrow because no. it's almost 100% guaranteed of interception. Yep. Yep. Right. It's unbelievable. The, the Cowboys have a lot of problems, including one that we didn't even talk about today. Uh, but <laughs> well, let's, we'll, Can we just say real quick, we're, we're not going to get into that. And that's yeah. all personal stuff with the owners. It's it's not really football interesting. But if you're yeah. surprised by it, then I don't know. What to tell you. <laughs> uh, the Cowboys have their fair share of problems. At least we're not the Washington Commanders. I that's all I can say, right? <laughs> hey, you know, l- listen. And also, New York was t- New York broke news yesterday by saying that they're going to have Mitch Trubisky come in to compete with Daniel Jones. And I was like, sizzling quarterback competition up there in New York. So yeah, uh, I mean, it's 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 the NFC East. Always always right. entertaining. Uh, all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we still didn't get to the combine stuff tomorrow. I promise you, we're gonna get to com- combine winners and losers. We'll talk uh, some more about your questions that you guys had because we only got through a few of them. Uh, follow the show on YouTube, Locked On Cowboys, uh, on Twitter at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time.